Hey, this is Paul Doherty. I'm the pastor of Victory Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith. I hope it reminds you that God is not finished with you yet, and your best days are right in front of you. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, we want to welcome our online audience watching from all over the world. Would you give them a big hand? I want to preach to you, I think, one of the most encouraging words we find in Scripture. And it happens in St. Paul's life. We've been in this series on St. Paul. But I believe this is one of the most encouraging messages that we find in the Scripture. How many of you need some encouragement right now in your life? Okay, well, this message is for you. And this, the title of this message is, You're Gonna Make It. Turn to someone next and say, You're Gonna Make It. Come on, you're going to make it. You're going to get through whatever you're going through, and you're going to not just make it. I believe you're going to get through stronger because of whatever you're walking through. Now, if you have a Bible, go to Acts 27. Acts 27. Come on. We get loud when we open up the Word of God. And we believe that God's Word is worth shouting about. We believe it's worth, you know, making a big deal about. And if we're going to shout in a basketball game, football game, we could do it in church too. There's nothing wrong with it, nothing weird about it. So Acts 27, verse 9, something was starting to happen. Paul had been preaching. He had been traveling. God had spoken to Paul that he was going to Rome. Paul gets arrested for preaching, and he gets put on this ship, and they're headed towards Italy, and they have to pass around the Greek islands. So they're, they're sailing all the way from Israel and the Mediterranean Sea. They're coming around these Greek islands. They're headed towards Italy. They're going to go towards Rome where Paul will stand before Caesar. And all of a sudden, Paul starts to sense something about this trip, this voyage. In verse 9 of Acts 27, it said, much time had been lost. Sailing had already become dangerous on the open seas because by now it was after the day of atonement. So this was the wintry weather. This was the time of rain and thunderstorms. So Paul stands up and he warns them. And I will tell you this, God will always send warnings before you head into a storm. God will always send someone, a pastor, a preacher, a dad, a mom, a friend, a co-worker, someone in your life that loves you enough to say, this is not the direction you want to go. And this is not the timing for you to get into that decision. It might be the right decision, but the wrong timing. God has a perfect timing and a perfect place and a perfect way for the things that he has for your life. Nonetheless, Paul says, men, I can see that this voyage, this trip we're about to take is going to be disastrous. And it's going to bring great loss to the ship and to our cargo and to our own lives also. And what did these guys do when Paul warned them? They didn't listen. And this is where a lot of us miss it, is we kind of just throw out the advice of God, the wisdom from God's word, the warnings that, that may come in our lives. And instead of listening to what Paul had to say, they followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Now, that makes sense, logically. It makes sense to reason with, you know, what does the owner of the ship think? What does the pilot of the ship think? But the problem is, is that oftentimes what God has to say doesn't always line up with logic and reasoning. And oftentimes, logic and reasoning can get us into a lot more trouble than just following maybe the, the uh, advice that God would give us that doesn't make sense to everybody else. There's moments in the Bible where guys did things that just went against logic and reason. Women did things that went against logic and reasoning. But because they heard a word from God, they followed God's word. And when they followed God's word, it ended up getting them in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. But then there were people who just disregarded God's word. 
and kind of said, well, God, listen, we know better than you. I know when to get married. I know, I know where to invest my money. I know where I need to live. I know where I need to move. I know what I need to do. I need to follow the money. I need to follow my logic, my reasoning. And what happened in the Bible is a lot of the people that followed reason and logic ended up in places that later they needed God to deliver them out of. And so these guys opted for human wisdom over God's warning. And now we get to verse 13. And it says this, when a gentle south wind began to blow, so it's perfect outside. It's, I mean, the breeze was just right. It's blue skies, rainbows, everybody's feeling good. And I don't know if you've ever been there before when a good day all of a sudden starts to turn into a bad day. And all of a sudden, like one thing after the next, it says they set sail, but in verse 14, that gentle south wind suddenly turned into one of the biggest hurricanes that had hit that area. And the blue skies turned into a storm. Everybody say storm. So this morning, I wanna to talk to you about what to do when you're walking through the storms of life, how to make it through the storms. And here's the reality, storms will come upon us all. In fact, the Bible says that storms fall on the just and the unjust. So there are storms that happen simply because we live in a fallen world. Storms that happen simply because there's sin in the world. There's darkness in the world. You didn't do anything to deserve the storm. No one else did anything to deserve the storm. It just happens. Then there are storms that happen because of our dumb decisions, right? And I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I've been in some storms because I just made some foolish decisions, and then there are storms you get into. I truly believe God leads us through storms simply because he wants us to draw closer to him. In fact, Jesus told his disciples one time, hey, get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side. And guess what? When they were in the boat going to the other side on the Sea of Galilee, a storm came down on them. And can I tell you, Jesus wasn't surprised by that storm. He's not surprised by the storms that you and I face. In fact, what Jesus wanted these disciples to learn in the middle of that storm is that he was still with them in the boat and that there's not a storm you or I go through that we can't get through. In fact, God has already prepared you for the storms you're going to face. He's already graced you to make it through those storms. And then there are storms that happen because of other people's dumb decisions in our life that we're connected to, right? I mean, this kind of happened with Jonah. Jonah gets himself into some trouble and everyone else on the boat has to suffer the consequences of Jonah's dumb decisions. <laughs> and in fact, this is kind of where Paul is at. Paul warned these guys, hey, we shouldn't go right now. We shouldn't set sail. This decision is going to end in disaster, and it's going to affect all of us. But now he is having to deal with the consequences of someone else's dumb decisions. Have you ever been there before? Some of y'all are afraid to raise your hand because they're sitting right next to you. You're like, yeah, my husband, <laughs> my teenage son <laughs> or daughter. <laughs> or whatever, someone in your life made a decision and it affected you and everyone else on the boat. That's where Paul found himself. But see, the reality is storms, storms don't have to break us. Storms don't have to kill us. Storms aren't meant to knock us off our course. Storms are actually sent to strengthen our faith in God. Storms will do one of two things. They will either turn you into a victim or a victor. And if you walk through storms always feeling like God's mad at you and people's, it's always everybody else's fault and all your troubles are someone else's issues and you're the victim in every story and you're the one that always has to deal with the pain and you're constantly making yourself a victim, you're never going to walk in the victory that God has for you. 
So this is one of those messages to kind of say, hey, listen, storms are going to come, but you don't have to be a victim. You don't come to victim church. You come to victory church. There's a reason why when you come through these doors, we don't say, hey, we're all victims. Let's just be victims together. No, no, no. We say, hey, listen, we're victors. Yeah, so, so I might have some people that treat me wrong. I might go through some storms. I might lose things that I wish I didn't lose. I might face things that I wish I didn't have to face. But Jesus never promised me a storm-free life. He just promised that he would be my shelter in the middle of the storm. And he promised that the storms don't have to take me out, that I can make it through the storms, that I'm going to make it, that I have a destiny, that there's more in store for me, that he's not finished with me yet. So I'm not going to die in this storm. Somebody say, this is not how it ends. And I remember in my life, different storms I walk through. I think there's really five kinds of storms. I remember one time, a, a specific storm that really came in my life was an emotional storm. An emotional storm. And it came because I was comparing myself to other people and I was feeling unworthy. I was feeling unqualified. I was feeling like, man, I'm at this age and they're at that age and they're doing so much more than me at that age and they're married and they're having kids and they're succeeding and they're at the top of the, the charts. And the more I went down that road of emotional just depression and discouragement. By the way, comparison always leads to a place of depression. It just leads you to this path of feeling unworthy, unqualified. And I remember during that time, God spoke something to me. He said, Paul, this is not how it ends for you. See, what happens is we get in an emotional storm and we think this is our permanent place. As if this storm is how it's permanently always going to be. You're never going to get married. Never going to have kids. There's never going to be a miracle in your life. The devil loves to make you think that your storm is permanent. Because here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to make permanent decisions during a temporary season. And if you make a permanent decision based off of a temporary weather condition, yeah. hey, listen, the weather's going to change. Yeah. Listen, I know it's stormy seas out there, but there's light at the end of this storm. The sun will come out tomorrow. God's going to do something in your future. He's not finished with you yet. Somebody say, this is not how it ends. Yeah. Say, I'm going to make it. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're going to make it. Turn to your second choice and say, you're going to make it too, my friend. <laughs> there's emotional storms and I don't mean to make light of this because the reality is right now in our world two high profile people in the last week succumbed to the emotional storms in their mind ended their life fashion icon Kate Spade Anthony Bourdain I mean we're talking about people that the world is going I thought they had it together I mean I thought everything was good I, my mind goes to the people that look so happy on the outside. I think about, you know, one of my favorite actors as a kid, Robin Williams, this hilarious comedian. And you can have a smile on the outside and be going through the worst hurricane of a storm emotionally. And you can hide it really good at church. I think about Whitney Houston, one of my favorite. I mean, that, that woman was anointed to sing. You can be so, you can be at the top of your game on the outside. You could be a public success, but be a private failure. And what the devil loves to make you think is you're the only one going through this. Then there's people that go through physical storms, and we hide it, right? We don't want anyone to know what the doctor told us. This last week, someone came out on the news saying, I've got three weeks left to live. Three weeks left to live. What do you do when you're going through a storm physically, and you feel like you have no control over it, that your body is just all of a sudden starting to shut down. 
Then there's spiritual storms, people that are battling spiritual storms. It's, it's, it's this intense storm between you and God and God's plan for your life, and you're running from it. And like Jonah, there's these tensions, and, and you're almost, some, some people are even offended at God, offended at God. I ran into someone this last week who said, I used to go to your church, but I got offended at God when your dad passed away. I got offended at God when my mom died too young. And then I got offended at believers because people are hypocrites. And I said, I need to tell you something. The reality is you're not going to find a perfect Christian. All of us have flaws. All of us are going to miss it at times. Why? Because we're still human. None of us are divine yet. None of us are at a place of perfection in our performance or behavior. So you're going to run into Christians that miss it. And you just need to get used to that because you miss it too. So cut some people some slack. All right? <laughs> but here's the other thing. Can I also just say this to you and I'll move on. God is not your problem. God didn't cause the cancer on my dad. God is not the, the problem behind the death, the early death or the tragedy that happened in your family. And the second you start realizing God is not your problem and you start realizing God's your answer, you have a way out of the storm. You have a way, there's a way to get out of the storm. The storm doesn't have to end you. It doesn't have to end your marriage. Then there's financial storms, people that are battling these fears and anxiety attacks, panic attacks that I'm not going to make. I can't pay the bills. The, the stuff is piling up. I remember when I was at ORU, Oral Roberts University, and my scholarship was pulled away my senior year. They were going to close down the university. Our university was $52 million in debt. The financial stress that weighed on so many people in that moment, it was a storm. And when you're not looking to God, those kinds of storms, they can take you out. I remember just people weighing so heavily. I mean, there was an oppression on people. But what happened? In the middle of that storm, my father was there. He was praying. God brought the answer out of nowhere. Hobby Lobby shows up. Some of the <laughs> God delivered oral. The only reason that university is still standing today is because we anchored ourselves in the middle of the storm. And the last thing right here is relational. There's relational storms. And you might be here today having a relational storm in your marriage. Your spouse may have just opened up to you about something that just crushed your heart. Maybe your child just confessed something to you that just, you don't even know what to do with this news. They just opened up to you. They shared a secret about their life, their lifestyle. And you're trying to figure out how are we going to make it through this? How am I supposed to, how is our marriage, how is our family, how as a parent, as a teen, as a, what, what am I supposed to do with what my dad just said? What am I supposed to do in this relationship? And I want to show you something in scriptures that kind of helps us to make it through these storms. And it's in Acts 27, verse 20, 22. Actually, let's go, to, let's, go, let's go to verse 20. It says this, verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging, and we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Now, the reason why they came to the place of hopelessness and complete just giving up is because they had allowed the storm to make them drift. In verse 15, they says, we gave way to the storm because we couldn't control it. People do two things during storms. Number one, they, they kind of just give up. They just let the storm take their marriage away. They just let the storm take their children away. Let the storm take their walk with God away. I'm just going to let the storm take over. And then the other option is people try to take over. Right? I'm going to control the storm. I'm going to maneuver and manufacture this storm. And I'm going to do it all by myself with my work, my efforts. These guys started doing that. They start throwing cargo overboard. They start clearing the decks of anything and everything. And they end up throwing stuff over that they actually needed on the ship. They weren't listening to God. They were trying to take matters into their own hands. 
finally, after giving up, trying to take over, they come to a place of complete hopelessness. And they feel like, we're, we're going to die. And this is where Paul steps in. He'd been waiting for this moment. I can just imagine Paul kind of sitting on the side of the boat, the guy that had warned them not to go into the ship. I can just imagine him just kind of sitting over there, watching them as they're doing everything, and finally goes, all right. So verse, verse 21, after they had gone through a long time without food, Paul stands up and he says, man, you should have listened to me. It's like, thanks, Paul. <laughs> we know we should have listened to you. Have you ever had someone say, I told you so? Right, this is Paul's moment. Like, I told you so. I told you you shouldn't have dated that boy. I told you you shouldn't have gone to that party. I told you you shouldn't have invested money in that company. You always got people that love to, to tell you that they told you so. <laughs> But Paul says, I'm not going to stop there. I, I have something to share with you that's more important than what we've walked through. And I love what he says in verse 22. He says, but now. Everybody say, but now. The first two words of verse 22, so encouraging. He says, but now. In other words, we can't change the past. There's nothing we can do with uh, the dumb decisions we've made. There's nothing we can do about the storm we got ourselves into. But now, from this moment forward, we are going to change, and we're about to see deliverance, and we're about to get out of this, and our marriage is about to get healed, and our family's about to have peace, and my body's about to get healthy. But now, I can't change what I ate yesterday, but I can change what I'm going to eat today. I can't change what I did yesterday, but I can change what I'm going to do today. Some of you need to stop whining about yesterday, and you need to say, but now, but now. Turn to someone next and say, but now, but now. Forget about the past. We all have regrets. We can't live our lives constantly going over the regrets and the failures and the guilt and the shame. That's exactly what the devil wants us to do. And so parents, look at your teenagers and say, but now. Look at your spouse and say, but now. But now. We've got something in front of us that's more important than what's behind us. We have a future. God has a plan for our lives. He says, I want you to keep your courage. And here's why I want you to keep your courage. Because none of you will be lost. Not one of you will go down with this ship. In other words, Paul was saying, I heard from God, and you know what God told me? That if there's breath in your lungs, he's not finished with you yet. God has a plan for your life. He says, however, the ship will be destroyed. <laughs> like, is that good news? <laughs> You're going to be saved so you can all go to prison because they were all prisoners. <laughs> God's going to keep you alive to go to jail, but the boat, the boat's going down. And here's the thing is, it, it comes down to where is your hope? If your hope is in the boat, then you're going to be depressed. If your hope is in your version of how things are going to work out. I mean, God was bringing Paul to the place that Paul wanted to go, but in a, in a way that Paul never imagined would happen. Paul wanted to go to Italy. He had a dream, a destiny, a calling to preach to Caesar. But this was turning out in a way that he never would have expected. Sometimes God will lead you to your destiny in ways you never expected. And you've got to trust him, that he has a plan and a purpose. And he might just bring you through some storms because there's people you're called to reach in the middle of those storms on the islands where you might be shipwrecked. And listen, the thing that you've put your hope in, the boat, whatever it is, whatever that thing is that you've kind of put all your trust in, your hope, how things are going to go your way, we need to just accept today the boat's not going to make it, but you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And once I settle that in my mind, in my heart, there's times where I get so afraid of losing things. And God reminds me, you can live without things, but you can't live without Jesus. 
you can't make it without Jesus. So if your hope is in your car or your house, I can't promise you that that car and that house is going to make it. I can't promise you that that company is always going to keep you on staff. I can't even promise you that all the relationships you've made in life are always going to work out perfect. But what I can promise you is that God has a plan for your life. And if you'll put your hope in him and not in a person and not in a company and not in a car and not in a house and not in a boat, but put your hope in the captain of your soul. Put your hope in Jesus and you'll make it. So look what he says here in verse 29. He says, once, once we kind of realize that we're going to make it, there was still fear. Fear still shows up even when you know God has a plan for your life. Fear that we would be dashed against the rocks, that somehow we're out in the dark. We don't know where anything is. We still haven't seen daylight. And so we let down four anchors. We dropped four anchors. I got an anchor with me today. Everybody say four anchors. Four anchors. And we prayed for daylight. We dropped four anchors. Right after this last service, I was talking to a captain. He goes to our church and he captains a ship. I thought, that's amazing. I didn't know we had ships in Tulsa. He said, no, no. He said, my ship is, is on the Atlantic Ocean. I said, what are you doing in Tulsa? He said, I love this church. He said, I come here often. Come on. We got people coming in from everywhere to come to church. But he said something to me. He said, you can never have too big of an anchor, especially in the middle of a storm. He said, those anchors help you to stay stable in the middle of the storm. We dropped four anchors. How do you make it through the storms of life? You've got to drop some anchors in the middle of the storm. I want to give you four anchors today that will help you through life's storms. Number one, anchor yourself in the presence of God. Anchor yourself in God's presence. What does that mean? That means that I am putting my faith not in the presence of the captain, not in the presence of the other sailors, not in the presence of, of my abilities and my gifts and my talents and my personality and my connections. I am putting my anchor in who God says he is for me, which means I'm digging in God's word. I'm circling those scriptures where he says, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you, no matter what you go through when you're in the storms I'll be beside you when you go through the fire I'll be like the guy with Shadrach Meshach and Abednego I'm not walking out on you when you're going through a divorce or a problem or a struggle or an addiction or some difficulty God is not walking out on you you've got to know God is with you and the presence of God can sustain you in the middle of life's storms Jesus never promised us a storm-free life he promised to be our shelter in the middle of our storms. So I remember when my father was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer, and I remember coming to our church many times while he was in the hospital, and I would just come in here when no one was here, and, and I would just remind myself of God's presence. And I would pick up the guitar, and I would just allow the presence of God to sustain my soul. It was an anchor just reminding myself that God is with me. When the oceans rise, the thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storms. Father, you are king over the flood. 
Was this um, this art teacher that did a competition of paintings with her class? And true story, she she asked all the students to submit a painting of what they thought peace looked like, the picture in their mind of when they thought of the word peace. What is what is com- what comes to their mind? And all these people sent in pictures of blue skies, rainbows, the most beautiful, picturesque, perfect days you know, green grass, and the mountaintops. But one kid sent in a picture of the most horrific storm. And I believe we have this picture if we do. And, and the storm is raging, there's lightning, there's water that's rushing over. But right there in the cleft of that cliff, if you can look closer, there's a bird hiding in that small little hole. And the bird is covering over her babies. And the student told the teacher, this is what peace looks like to me. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is having a shelter. In the middle of a storm. You know, I I can say this, that through every storm, emotional storms, physical storms, financial storms, the stresses of just hoping we can pay the bills, all those things, it comes on everyone. I mean, storms don't discriminate against anybody. If there's anything we've learned in the news last week, storms come against the richest of the rich, the poorest of the poor. But I know this, the anchor in the middle of the storm that's really kept me in a stable place is just reminding myself, God, you're with me. God, you're with me. You're a father to the fatherless. You're the defender of the orphan. You're the husband to the widow. God, you're with me. You're with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We need to get our anchor back in the presence of God. If you're here this morning and maybe you've gotten just discouraged by life's storms, maybe you're in a place right now of wanting to throw in the towel. I think God sent me to preach this message to you. I really do. Oftentimes I preach a message of something I'm personally walking through and then every now and then God has me preach a message that I'm not walking through, but he says someone else needs this right now. And and this weekend I was like, man, I'm not really walking through a storm. God said that someone needs this right now. So this message, I don't know who it's for, it's for someone in this room that's in the middle of a storm. And God sent me to tell you, your life is valuable. Don't throw in the towel, don't quit. You're not down to just one option. You say, Paul, the only option I have is to quit. No, no, the option you have is to surrender to God. Let God heal your depression. Let God free you of the torment. Let God help you to unravel whatever it is that's got you bound. Anchor yourself in God's presence. Here's the second anchor. I got to move forward. God's people. 
They dropped four anchors that night to make it through the night and they prayed for daylight. Number two, anchor yourself in God's people. I've got all P words for you to make it simple for St. Paul's series. Come on. God's presence, God's people. I think it's interesting in Acts 27, the beginning of this voyage starts with this verse. In Acts 27, verse 1, it says, When it was decided that we, everybody say we. Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Luke did. Paul didn't write it. Luke wasn't a follower of Christ. He, I mean, he, he later became one, but he wasn't one of the 12 disciples. Luke got saved talking with Paul. So Luke writes the book of Acts, and the majority of the book of Acts, Luke is talking about other people's experiences and accounts, but towards the end of Acts, all of a sudden he starts using pronouns, English majors. What are pronouns? We, us, our. In other words, Luke started becoming part of the story. Luke got on the boat with Paul before the storm showed up. Man, I'm thankful for friends that'll be on the boat with me in the middle of life's storms. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for some of my best friends that are sitting in this room. People like many of you in this room that have said, we're with you in the storm, Paul. We're not gonna abandon you. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna stand beside you. You need people in your life. You need relationships. It says in verse two, it wasn't just Luke and Paul. It was also Aristarchus. There was a third guy. The Bible says that a three-chord strand is not easily broken. There was these three guys. They're on the ship in the middle of the storm. When the storm starts rocking your boat, you need to start looking around to see who's with you, who's going to pray beside you, who's going to stand with you. God has placed people in your life. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. You were not meant to walk this Christian journey all by yourself. You are not alone in the storm. The devil wants to make you think you're the only guy on the boat that's struggling. You're the only person that's facing this addiction. You're the only one that's got secrets that if you let those secrets out, it's going to end everything for you. No. No. I don't want anyone in this church to suffer from secrets anymore. So if you need to talk to someone, talk to someone. Open up to someone. Come down to the altar. It's a safe place here. To safe, there's friendships here. I want to give it up for all the connect group leaders. If you're a connect group leader, will you stand up? Shout out to all the connect groups that happen in this church. Come on. Prayer groups, ministry groups, home groups, groups that happen on Sunday mornings, groups that happen on Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights, Tuesday nights. Now I look at Cody and Katie over here. Will y'all stay standing? Yesterday at Walk It Out Outreach, this married couple came up to me and, and I don't know if they're here right now in this service but they came up to me and they said our marriage would have ended if we hadn't found victory it was on the rocks when we came to victory God used the sermons here the presence of God and the people in this community to strengthen our marriage and they said we found Cody and Katie's connect group and while we were sitting there and listening to them share some of the things they've walked through in their marriage and their life See, you don't have to be perfect to lead a connect group. You don't have to have zero baggage in your past. God may even use the baggage from your past for the very reason to start that connect group for people that are walking through some of that same baggage that need to know they're gonna make it. There's hope for their future. There's light at the end of the tunnel. This storm won't last forever. So while this couple's listening to Cody and Katie, guess what happened? Their marriage starts getting healed, renewed. So they told me this last week, they said, man, God has done such a work in our marriage. We are so thankful. We are better today than we've ever been in our marriage. We're raising three kids under the age of four. I said, I know how that feels. I will lift you up in Jesus. Jesus name God bless you thank you so much Cody and Katie get anchored 
into some godly relationships, some godly people. Number three, get anchored into God's purpose for your life, God's purpose. Paul knew that God had a purpose for his future. When you know you have a destiny, you don't allow the storms of life to make you feel discouraged as if this is how it's gonna end, as if this is the end of the rope for you. When you know there's a purpose, you can make it through life's storms. So I remember about five years ago, we were going through some sort of a storm. This was after my father had passed. We were going through the storm and I was feeling so discouraged. And I remember God speaking to me, Paul, he who started this work in you, in your church, in your parents' church, will be faithful to complete it. If it hasn't happened yet, it's not over. If the completion hasn't happened yet, it ain't over. This is not how it ends. This is not how it ends. I want you to reach deep into your soul for a second. Are there things that you know you're called to do, that you've seen in your mind, in your heart, you've seen visions of you doing these things, but you haven't done them yet? If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You have things you haven't done yet that you know you're going to do someday, purposes. Come on. I wanna dare and challenge every single one of us in this room that we would get a vision in our heart and our mind so that when I'm walking through the storms of life, I would know, no, no, no. I know there's things I haven't done yet. And until I do those things, it ain't over. So this storm's not gonna knock me out. This storm is not gonna knock, this is not how it ends. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna pay the bills. And if we go through this storm, I was talking to a mentor recently this last week. He said, you know, he's twice my age. He said, Paul, if I hadn't gone through the storms of life, I wouldn't cherish the mountaintops. He said, it's the storms that help you to appreciate the sunny days. And he said, you know, it was the storm that led me to Tulsa. It was the storm in my marriage that almost ripped apart me and my wife, it almost ended everything for me and my kids. It was the storm in my business when we, we were at the point of bankruptcy. We couldn't pay the bills. I thought I was gonna die. I thought I wouldn't be able to provide bread on the table for my kids. Today, this guy is very successful. But he said it was the storms when I hit rock bottom that I found out God is the rock at my bottom. It was in the storms that I found there's an anchor that God has a purpose for my future. And God may use trouble as your transportation. God may use trouble. God may use the storm as the pathway towards your destiny. He may have a plan that only the storm can bring you through. So Paul tells the guys, he says, guys, this is not how it ends. He says, God spoke to me last night, verse 23. He says, listen, the ship's going down, but we're not going down. So he says, keep up courage. You will all be saved because I know I have a purpose to stand before Caesar. God has graciously given all the lives who sail on this ship. So he said, take courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen. Everybody say, it will happen. Just as God told me. Just as God said it. So number four, fourth thing right here, anchor yourself into the promises of God. Come on, four anchors right here. God's presence, God's people, God's purpose, God's promises. It will happen. I have faith that if God said it, he's going to do it. I have faith that if God said it, he's going to do it. If it hasn't happened yet, he's not done yet. I know, I know God has a plan and a purpose. We sing a song here at Victory called Do It Again. I've seen you move, move the mountains, and I believe that you could do it again. Right? And there's this chorus part that says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Every time we say that, I just go, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. There's things I see in the future of victory that I know are just around the corner. So I know, man, if we walk through storms, everything's going to be all right. You're going to be okay. Because I just know, man, God is not finished with us yet. So yeah, yeah, there may be seasons that are slow. There may be times that are difficult. There may be storms that we face. But I've got an anchor in the promises of God. Did you know there's a promise of God for every problem you face? There's a promise of God for every storm you go through. Everything you go through, God has a promise for you to hold on to. If you're single right now, God has a promise for you. If you're married without children right now, God has a promise for you. If your children have walked away from God, God has a promise for you. If your spouse has walked away from God, God has a promise for you. If your health is not in the best place, God has a promise for you. If your finances are not in the best place, God has a promise for you. You need to stop anchoring yourself in your feelings and start anchoring yourself in God's promises because God's promises are a lot more stable than your feelings. Let's just be honest, our feelings can drive us crazy sometimes. If I pastored this church based on my feelings, I wouldn't show up all the time. And we wouldn't always worship all the time because I don't always feel like doing all the right things. Maybe I'm the only one in the room that has feelings that aren't always perfect. Anyone else deal with, you know, the flesh, the carnality? Okay, half of us in the room. Um, (laughs) But I don't live based on my feelings. This is why Paul said we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. I don't walk by feelings. I don't anchor myself in my feelings. I anchor myself in the promises of God. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. So I want you to stand up to your feet all over this room. We're going to end today with some worship. We're going to get anchored today in God's presence, God's people, God's purpose, God's promises. David said it like this, I would have lost heart had I not believed in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have given up if I, if I didn't believe that God wasn't going to show up. I would have lost hope. And here's the great thing, because I don't want to end with this picture behind me. It says at the end of Acts 27, the story doesn't end with the storm winning. It says, finally, daylight came. And when daylight came, all of us found a way out of the boat, through the water, and onto the island of Malta. Every single sailor was saved. Every single sailor made it through the storm. Can I tell you, I want you to just imagine, go back to the storm picture just for a moment. I want you to imagine what's about to happen in your life. Some of you are right here, right now. Your marriage is right here. Your kids are right here. Your health is right here. If we're really honest, your emotions are right here. The enemy's trying to take you out. Don't you dare in your life. Don't you dare throw in the towel. You are worth so much. God gave his one and only son for you. You have a purpose. Don't throw in the towel. Don't call it quits. I need you. God needs you. Your family needs you. God has a purpose for you. There's a reason you're still breathing. It's because he's not done yet. Don't walk out of this room and just go eat at Applebee's and say, well, that's my life. Just go to church once a week, go eat. No, no. God has a purpose for you. So when you leave today, whatever you do, just remind yourself when you wake up on Monday I got a purpose no matter what I face and here's what's going to happen as you start anchoring yourself and all of these things that we've been talking about that stormy sea is about to change the daylight is coming come on here come the clouds here come the rainbow there's light at the end of the tunnel you're going to make it somebody say I'm going to make it I'm going to make it 
I want to do something right now. If you're in a storm, would you just leave your seat? Come and join me at this altar right now. It doesn't matter. Just step out from your seat. Come and join me. If you're walking through a storm right now, how many are going through a storm right now? Just leave your chair. If you're in the middle of an emotional storm, a physical storm, maybe the doctor just said something to you, maybe a family member just did something to you, said something to you. If you've been in any kind of storm in the last few weeks, last few months, maybe even just since 2018 started, it's been stormy seas for you. Today, God's about to change the weather. Don't make a permanent decision out of a temporary situation. Today, it's time to get your eyes back on Jesus. It's time to get your heart fixed back on Jesus. We're going to sing this song, Christ Alone, Cornerstone.
And we, we didn't know if the storm would ever end. Some of you are in a place right now where you're wondering, is this storm ever going to end? But the point came where finally the sun came out, the storm stopped, the water started to recede. And you know what? We didn't plan on this, but God used us as the hurricane relief team there in Mexico. We had gone to be really supporters of a mission base, but God changed the plans when the storm showed up. God's going to use you to help people that were in the middle of the storm because you walked through it. This will come to pass. And when it does, God's got a testimony on the other side of your test got a message on the other side of your mess. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to, we're going to make it. God has a purpose.